Good evening. This is Apostle Corey Douglas of Zion Ministries, Harvest, Alabama. Welcome you to another verse-by-verse Bible study on the book of Romans. Again, we're going to pick up in our study in Romans chapter number 3, verse number 3. Again, we're going to pick up in Romans chapter number 3, verse number 3. Okay? And the Bible reads, For what if some did not believe, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? And I want to share something about this Romans chapter 3. It's a very, very um, deep chapter, and this is a very apostolic chapter in nature in, in the sense that it challenges mindsets, philosophies, ideologies, strongholds of the mind. And you'll find through the Spirit of God, the Apostle Paul addressing certain thought patterns that keep people from fully agreeing and surrendering with the faith. In our mind, we would say they are normal questions that anyone would ask or that sometimes people may wonder, but they don't give voice to. But yet still, there are things that if we agree with and if we stay stuck at and on can make the faith of God uh, void or the reality of Christ void in the life of one who believes. And so we're going to go through this slowly uh, because it can get a little tricky if you don't really pay attention, uh, but we're going to do our best under the leadership of the Holy Spirit to make it practical, plain, and simple uh, and understandable. But Romans chapter number 3, verse number 3, when it says, but if some did not believe, the context of some is speaking about the Jewish people. Remember, it connects to verse number 2. He's talking about the people of whom God entrusted the oracles or the sayings in the very direct words of God. Now, we went over that in the previous study. Um, and so he says, after receiving the oracles, the Ten Commandments, the Torah, the you know the first five books with you know by divine supernatural encounter inspiration, in addition to the living and present word of the Lord through prophets and through specific spokesmen, sometimes priests, prophets, and even kings, we find God revealing Himself to on behalf of Israel. So after all of that. What if some of the leaders and the Jewish people in the community as a whole, God's chosen people, chose not to believe, okay, chose not to agree with God despite of the revelation, despite of those encounters, despite of being entrusted with the faith of God? Shall their unbelief or can their unbelief, does their unbelief have the power to stop the move of God in the earth, to hinder the faith of God to hinder the revelation of God in the earth or through the rest of the nation? Is God stuck? Does that put God on hold when a people, a nation, a community choose not to believe him? Okay? And that's what he's asking in verse number three because we know that, you know, according to Scripture, we've already went over and even today, not everyone believes, and even of his own people. Matter of fact, John chapter 1, when Jesus came, 
the first chapter of John is specific in saying that Jesus came to his own and his own received him not or did not receive him or more practically translated, they did not believe in him or in anything that he was saying or presenting to them. Okay? And so he asked the question, for what if some, quote-unquote, Jewish people, chosen nation, did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God void, without effect, untrue? Um, shall it hinder the impact or the believability or the, or the production of the faith of God as it's revealed through the revelation of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Okay. Verse number four says, God forbid, or of course not, okay. uh, or in no degree was or is or will that ever be true, possible, or capable. Okay? So I want you to say this out loud. God is unstoppable. Okay? That's right. God is unstoppable. And also his plan of salvation and what he has ordained to be released into the earth through his son, Jesus Christ, is unstoppable as well. Okay? And so can the lack of the agreement, the involvement, the unbelief of the people stop the plan and purposes of God from unfolding in the earth? No. Okay, of course not. Not even those whom he has chosen. Uh, can stop God from doing what God said will and must be done for the sake of humanity and for the greater good uh, of those who believe. God forbid, and then he says in verse 4, yea or yes, okay, not yes in that the faith of God can be made in effect, but yes or true, let God be true, and every man a liar, as it is written. Now, that statement is in the Bible, okay? And just for the sake of personal study, I want to challenge you this time to go and locate in your personal time where that statement is written in the Old Testament, for let God be true, yea, every man a liar. Because this, this scripture the Apostle Paul is referencing with the understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit to make it. Uh, he's using it as a reference to to explain God's dealing with Jews and Gentiles. Okay? And so he says, let God be true in every man alive. But this next part is very, very important. That you might be justified in your oracles or in what you say. Justified means Right, vindicated, approved, okay, innocent, in what you say. And then he says, in that you might overcome when you are judged. Now, this is so powerful because it gives you and I the power, the opportunity, the understanding of what the communication of God from heaven is and is supposed to be to us. For one, the sayings in the word of God brings us justification. Say that out loud, justification. Okay? 
And so the word of God is not sent to us with the intention and the primary purpose of condemning us. It's not why God spoke and revealed himself to humanity. Okay? At times there is condemnation, but the condemnation that comes is not because of the word. The condemnation comes because of the unbelief in his word and the unbelief in who Jesus is. Because the word of the Lord and the word of God comes to justify. Say that out loud. The word of God and the belief in Jesus comes to justify me. Okay? And so condemnation comes, but not as a result of his word, but as a result of lack of faith in his word and lack of agreement in his son. And we'll look at that a little deeper uh, in a second. So remember, the word of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the word of God, comes to vindicate us and to justify us. And this is so important because the Bible says that we have all sinned, fallen short of the glory. We'll read that a little later. And we know that when Adam sinned, that that nature was passed down into our DNA and that you and I were born in sin and in iniquity we were shaped and that our mother conceived us. And so even after that, the speaking, the voice, the oracles of God, were not initially and primarily sent to tell us how useless, how bad we are, and to remind us of the damnation and the punishment that you and I will receive because of what Adam did and because of what we are doing, you know, in our fallen state and in our fallen nature. But the voice of the Lord and the word of God, you know, is released and revealed to us, to you and I, with the intention of vindicating us, justifying us when we agree with it, okay? Say that with me, when we agree. So he says that you may be justified in your sayings or our sayings, and number two, that we may overcome when we are judged. So there are two things that the word of God brings to us primarily it's justification in overcoming power, okay? Justification and overcoming ability. And so everything that God speaks to us and everything that is written should be imparting two things to you and I when we're hearing it clearly. And we're not hearing it through filters, through demonic filters, through carnal filters or through strongholds of the mind. There are certain people that can hear the word of God and feel condemned, but the condemnation is not coming from the word or from the voice of the Lord. The condemnation is coming from the filter that they're hearing the truth of God. There are certain people that hear what's written and the sayings of God, and they feel less than. They feel guilty. Okay. Well, the guilt is not coming from the voice and the word of God because the word of God and the voice of the Lord and the oracles of God, the sayings of God, are coming to bring justification and overcoming ability to all who hear with an open and with a pure heart, okay, with a heart that's not filtered through other things. And so justification 
innocency in overcoming power and ability is what the Word of God brings to us. Okay? Now, I want to deal with justification because justification deals with a courtroom setting. Okay? It deals with what we have learned about some in part, some may have not known, the courts of heaven. The kingdom of God is very governmental in its operation. There are thrones, dominions, magistrates, council. Uh, there's a ruling council of what the Bible calls in the book of Revelation 24 elders. Okay, So there are different degrees, just like you have circuit court, supreme court. Uh, you have federal, you have state, you have the Senate, you have the Congress, you have different levels and spheres of responsibility and jurisdiction. You have the president, you have the secretary of state. Um, you know, you have all these different seats of, of government that and roles and responsibilities that make up the government of the United States. Well, let me tell you something. The kingdom of God is set up in a very similar way but way more vast, okay, and way more established and righteous and unmovable and dominating, you know, uh, and integrable. Okay, that's another thing as well, the integrity of the government of God. And so it tells us that we may overcome when we are judged, okay? Now, this is so powerful because in Revelation chapter 12, we read about someone called Satan, the old serpent, the dragon, being the accuser, okay, accusation. Another word for an accuser in a courtroom is the prosecution, okay? So there is a prosecuting attorney, okay? There's someone who levies, you know, causes against us, not Satan, and he's called the accuser of the brother. Now, the Bible is clear that he accuses us, but listen to Revelation chapter 12, before God, day and night. This, this means that Satan has access to the courts of heaven in order to present his case before God against the saints, against you and I, against those who believe. Okay? He is not rebuked. He is not consumed by the fire of God. He is not annihilated or destroyed. But he has access into the courts of heaven to present cases and causes against you and I, okay, um, to accuse us before the judge or before God day and night. And this is why it's so important. And so we have a demon, a fallen angel, Satan, who puts God in remembrance of his word, and he also puts God in remembrance of our actions as it relates to God's word. And his cause or his objective is to use the righteousness, the equity, and the justice of God against us. And to say, God, you can't lie. You stand for this, and you said this is right, and your children are doing this, okay? You must judge them. You must do something. 
if you don't do something because of what they're doing, then you're wrong for kicking us out of heaven for what we did. And therefore, you're unrighteous. Okay? You guys kind of see where that goes. And so through Jesus Christ, God makes a way for you and I, listen to this, to by nature and from the heart agree with God, spirit, soul, and body, to walk in agreement with God, with our nature, because he removes the nature of sin and gives us the nature of his son. With our obedience, he shifts the love of God abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost and gives us two commandments, to love God and love our neighbor. Okay? With the forgiveness of sin, okay, we're forgiven, which means that the consequences of our past life and sin, uh, we don't have to pay because with the, with the opportunity to repent, to change, to act to first John 1 John 1.9, confess our sins and lay hold of the blood. And so all of this was done not to excuse us in our sin because sin can never be excused before justice and before the courts of heaven. But to, number one, 1 John 1, 9, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness or from that habitual nature to continue to practice it, to remove that from us, to cleanse that out of us so that the enemy has no case against us in his accusations. Okay? And so... When we look at this, okay, it's important for us to understand the mission and the purpose of Jesus. Some have thought that it was just about getting saved and the cross and the redemption and Jesus laying out his life was just so that we don't have to pay the price for the continual sinful life that we continue to live because the blood has been shed. But that's not true. Okay? The purpose of Christ was to bring not just the benefit of redemption, but the power of redemption by changing our nature so that you and I can, number one, agree with God in our actions and in our words and be justified before heaven and before the courts of heaven when we speak and that we may overcome through our faith, which is, you know, James said, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by your works, and with our actions, you know, because faith is corresponding actions. It's, it's not more than believing for promises. It's we, sh we show our faith in God by how we carry our life, okay, uh, by living according to his word and living according to his will, okay? And that is how we overcome when we are brought before God, you know, with Satan, but for the courts of heaven, that we may overcome uh, when we are judged. Okay? Now, remember I said that uh, the, the condemnation does not come from uh, the word. The word comes to bring justification. The initial intent of the word brings justification and to bring overcoming ability. But depending upon how someone relates to that word, they may end up becoming condemned or, or pronounced guilty in the end. Okay? But that's not why the word comes. And it's not the word that's doing that. It's the fact that they choose to not believe and they choose to not walk in agreement with God. Okay? 
And so opposite of justification is condemnation. Okay? And that's what and opposite of overcoming is bondage or being overcome by another. Okay, which is Satan and the power of darkness. Okay? But let's look at this. Go to John chapter three. Let's look at this concept of why the word comes. And remember I said that where the message of Jesus Christ um, what it does, and it comes to justify us. John chapter 3, verse 16. <laughs> we, we all know this verse, and it's a beautiful, it's a powerful passage. Uh, but 17 and 18, I don't think, are given enough attention to. 17 and 18 probably grab my attention more than 16, or just as much. I shouldn't say more. Because 17 and 18 really taught me the heart of God and also helped shape perspective in me. So let's look at 16. Because 16 is beautiful. But 17 requires understanding, responsibility, and it brings a lot of clarity. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, Jew or Gentile, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Shall the unbelief of son make the faith of God of not effect? Remember, Romans 3, 4 says, God forbid. Okay? And so when we look at verse 16, we, we see that God gave a son out of love in order to stop you and I from perishing and to give us eternal life. Okay, so we, we even see, you know, you only perish when you're condemned. So we even see in John 3.16, you know, if, if you're in the court and the judge says guilty, okay, you're guilty. I sentence you to 20 years, okay, that is a type of perishing. That is a type of condemnation. That is a type of not being justified, okay? But God sent his son, who is the living word, into the word that we would not perish, or that we will be justified, and also that we may overcome. Now, eternal life is a type of overcoming, okay? Overcoming this world, overcoming death, overcoming sin, overcoming hell, overcoming the grave. So we see eternal life as the ability to overcome all things, the power of a never-ending life, okay? Eternal life that comes in us, that causes us to live right, and also when we leave this earth to live with God forever throughout eternity in the kingdom of God and in heaven, okay, is also an expression of the gift that you and I have been given through the word of God, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, to overcome all things, okay? But let's look at verse number 17. It says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, there you have it. Remember I said that the word of God never comes to condemn but to justify and to cause to overcome. And so Jesus goes into detail. He says that God didn't send me in the world as the living word to condemn you. I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't come to condemn you. My primary purpose for being here is not to condemn you. The word of the Lord is not coming to condemn you. The word of God, the voice of God, the oracles of God, the saying God is not coming to condemn us. Well, why do we feel condemned when we hear truth? 
even if it's spoken in love, why do we deal with condemnation? Okay? It's because we're hearing through demonic filters and strongholds. And it's because this other thing that we're about, we're about to really explore. He says he didn't send the world into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through the Son might be saved, rescued, healed, delivered, preserved, protected, made whole, blessed, prospered. Nothing missing, nothing broken, that the world, spirit, soul, and body, those who believe it, may be put back together again in every area of their life in a God fashion and restored to the original pattern and intent that God had created for men. Okay? to be fruitful, to be multiplied, to take dominion, to replenish the earth. This is all in, in, this is all in why God sent Jesus. But look at verse 18. It says, he that believeth on him not, or he that does not believe on the Son is condemned. So what condemns us? Is it the word of God, the sayings of God that condemns us? No. It's the choosing of not to believe in the word. It's the choosing of not to believe in the son. It's the choosing of not to agree with him that brings the condemnation. Remember Romans chapter number three, okay? Shall the unbelief of some make the faith of God of none effect? God forbid. But it does make the faith of God of none effect in the life of those who choose not to believe. In other words, whatever God has promised, okay, and whatever benefit is on the other side, which is justification and overcoming ability, to the one who does not believe, that becomes their lot, which is condemnation and bondage. Okay? And so it says, God sent not his son into the world to condemn it, quote unquote, parenthesis but to justify it, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. That's simple. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Do you see that? And so it's not the word that brings condemnation. We bring it on ourselves by our refusal to come into agreement with God's word and what is written, okay, to be justified in our sayings and to overcome when we are judged takes you and I to agree with our mouth and in our heart with what is written, with the voice of God, with the word of God, with the oracles of God. Okay? When we do not do that, we bring a condemnation on ourselves through the portal, through the avenue, and through the vehicle of what the Bible calls unbelief. Okay? Refusing to believe. He that believeth not, say that out loud, he that believeth not, it says, is condemned already. Okay? And let me just stop right here for a minute. Listen, you really have to work on your belief in the word of God. Like you can't, you and I, we can't afford to walk in unbelief when it comes to the gospel or God's word. You, you, know, you have to find a way to bring your heart, your mind, your words, your thoughts, your ways, your actions into agreement with God 
by all means necessary, regardless of how challenging it is, because it is your only chance to be innocent or justified before the courts of heaven and to receive overcoming ability in everything that you face in life and all that you go through in this world as well as the world to come. He said, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You see that? It comes because of unbelief. Okay? But God didn't send his Son into the world. He didn't send the Word to condemn the world, but that the world, the world through the Word, through the living Word, through his Son, might be saved, justified, and vindicated. Verse 19. And he goes into detail. He said, and this is the condemnation that light or truth or his word, his oracles, his will has been revealed to the world. And man loved darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Okay? So they chose not to believe the word of God, and they chose darkness, lies, instead of light. And then he goes on deeper into that motive because the actions and the motives and the desires of that individual um, are evil and they're not good. In other words, um, they don't want to be right and they don't want to be righteous. They want none of God. They want want none of the right ways with God. And, And that's something that we have to understand. Sometimes we think that if we can just preach it and share it and tell it the right way, that people will Everybody will choose Jesus. That's, that's not true. Okay, um, the, you can't get any more exposed to the kingdom of God than the angels, the third of the angels, and they still rebel. And so it comes down to the individual heart of the person. Some will choose to believe because they won't change, and some will make an excuse not to believe because their deeds are evil. But make no mistake about it: only those who agree with what is written. And with the oracles of the God, uh, oracles of God become justified in what they're saying out of their mouth. And also only those uh, are given the ability to overcome when they're faced with judgments and edicts before the courts of heaven and accusations of the accuser of the brother. Praise God. Well, God bless you and thank you for your time. I pray that this Bible study was educational, encouraging, and also empowering. If it be the will of the Lord, we will continue this coming Friday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Grace and peace be with you in Jesus' name.